many of us do not feel like we're walking a life that is fulfilled. There is no fulfillment, but it is the intention of God that every single individual sitting in this room, you live an absolutely fulfilled life. It's like when you wake up, you go, whoa, this is a great day. You know, this is a day that the Lord has made. I want to rejoice. But most of us on Monday when we wake up, we are sorrowful because we go into a place where maybe the politics in the office is awful or, or the people that we don't want to see and, and, you know, or we have to work hard. And it's just, it's just not a, a thing that we look forward to. And when we come back from summer vacation, there was many people on summer vacation this week and next week, you know. And uh, so they, they're going to be coming back and, and they're not going to be very, very excited to go back to work. But this is, the, this is not the plan of God. The plan of God is for you and I to live in an absolute fulfill life. It's like you love your life. You love everything about your life. But you know, the thing is that fulfillment of life comes when you understand the meaning of life. When you can really answer some of the life questions. Let me explain to you what I mean. You see, we all have questions about our lives. We have questions about why we live for 75, 80, 90, 95 years old, especially when you see loved one pass away. My father just got, you know, I just buried my father about two weeks ago. And so these life questions just keep coming onto my head. Why do I live? Why do I exist? You know, I have those answers, but you still ask those questions anyways. But then many people have no answer to that. Why, why good things happen to bad people? You know, we, we're talking about my mother-in-law. You know, she passed away when she was 77. And, and she was such a great person, very generous, and just very smart and, and very intelligent. And, and we just kind of go, why? Why the sudden death? Why life? Why do we even exist? Why are we doing what we do? Why was I born... What am I doing here anyways? These are the questions that we need to figure it out to go to the next step. You know, a lot of us just, when we go through pain, when, when people betray us, we have questions. Why God? Why am I going through this? These are live questions. Now, many people don't bother to try to ask them because they don't, they don't have the answer. They know they don't have the answer. They shove it aside because, because it, it doesn't seem to be answerable, if you know what I mean. I want to tell you this, friends. If you can't answer those questions, you would get stuck in the holding pattern in your life. You would just maintain. You would just exist with no purpose, no passion. You cannot have passion if you have no purpose. But we all know that passion is absolutely needed for you to succeed in life. Never mind about fulfillment, a life of fulfillment. Passion is absolutely needed. Many people have no passion. They, they, because they can't answer the question. You know, this recently I read a statistics that 87% of the people hate their jobs. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. 87% of the people do not look forward to go to work. If they were given a million or two million or ten million dollars, what would they do with the money? Would they still continue to go to work? 87% of people say, oh my goodness, absolutely not. Now, people spend most of their existence on this planet doing something they hate. Why? Because they're just maintaining. They have no reason to live. 
except, you know, we find reasons like, oh, raising the kids. But very soon, kids are going to grow up. And when they grow up, they don't like to hang out with you as much as you want them to anymore. You know, I used to, we have a swimming pool at home. I, I used to swim with my kids all the time, you know. It's just such a joy just to fool around in the pool. Summer is the time that I look forward to, but none of them want to swim with me anymore. <laughs> I'm swimming by myself. When they grow up, empty nester, just, just they're gone. And then you start asking questions. Why do I live? People can't answer that. Now the question is, where then do we find the answer? Now, there's a lot of narratives out there about answers, the meaning of life. But many of the answers out there or narrative or explanation or theory out there is really morbid and dark. Now, if you look at some of the movies, how they predict the future is going to be, many of them think they're going to be a bunch of zombies running around. That's a bleak future to look forward to. Wouldn't you agree? I just saw a futuristic uh, show the other day. I just, I just couldn't last. I just saw it for 15 minutes, and it's so dark. They didn't have zombies, but they certainly didn't paint a very good picture. And I saw a commercial. It's a really popular movie for young people these days. It's called Ready Player One. Have you seen that before? No, I'm not going to judge you. Just raise your hand if you, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, only a few people. Ready Player One is about, it's about a game. Or, you know, about futuristic uh, virtual reality type of thing. But the world was dark. The world was evil. And it's all full of evil. And it's just, it's just the narrative of the world is so negative. And if you try to find an answer in it, you will try to commit suicide. You know, we have a lot of rich people, poor people, all kinds of people commit suicide because they no longer think there's a meaning to live. Why do we live anyways? Now, I have a proposal this morning for the next few minutes. How you can find the answer. The answer of life. The many questions to answer, the many questions of life can be found in the Spirit. In this, everybody say, in the Spirit. Now, most of you don't even know what that is. You think it's emotion, you think it's your dreams, imagination. But I'm going to try to explore that with you this morning. Why the Spirit? Because every physical thing that exists today exists from the Spirit. When God created this physical realm and this earth, this planet called earth, and all the universe, the expanse of the sky, the stars, and so forth in Genesis, he created all that from the spirit world. Everything that exists today comes from the spirit world. And therefore, all the world events, what's happening around the world today, is a reflection of what happened in the spirits. Everything that you see, all the geopolitical chaos, all the, all the confusion that you see, and people get frustrated because they just they don't know what to do about it. It's just out of the control. Every day there is the news of some kind of major disasters. They say that we are, we are living in a time when uh, there is record heat every month. All over the world, I saw a map, you know, that, that plot out all the places where they experience record amount of heat. It's like literally the whole world. And you feel it too this summer, didn't you? And you're still feeling it, some of you. (laughs) 
everything that's happening. You know, Daniel, in the book of Daniel, we, we told, we learn that every region not only have a physical ruler, but on top of the physical rulers, whether they know it or not, most of them don't know, is a regional prince. And this regional prince basically is responsible for what happened physically. So whatever they do is being reflected physically. All the wars, all the chaos, all the confusions. You say, well, why is God not doing anything about it? Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it tells us that Satan is actually the God of this world. Ooh. Satan is the God of this world. And you say, well, why is that? Well, well, we'll talk about it later if I have time. We will talk about that. Individually speaking, all that is about us is also driven by the needs of our spirit. Let me give you an example. You know the physical craving of intimacy? There are people that do anything, pay any price to be intimate, to be close. Do you know why? The reason is because there is a spiritual vacuum inside. They have not recognized or have an encounter or met the spiritual father. You know the God we serve, the Bible in Hebrew 11 said that he is the father of all spirits. They haven't met their father in heaven and experienced that intimacy. All they know about is the religious God who is angry and mad, full of rules, trying to punish them if they do wrong and trying to, trying to he, he's insecure, he gets mad all the time. That's, that's, the, that's the religious systems that, that had introduced God. And it's a false image of God. The God of the Bible is a loving God. And many of them have not met this savior this this father of heaven they don't know the intimacy they don't know how to be embraced by the father they haven't got a clue they thought he's 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 always mad that's a spiritual hunger in them everything that is going on in the world today the things that people do today they are driven by spiritual hunger you know there's a big debate about marijuana it's not even a debate anymore they're implementing it and people love marijuana. They say it's a gateway of drugs. I'm not going to talk about the morality of that, but I'll tell you this. People who have not experienced the fullness in the spirit would need those things. I don't blame them. It's no more than just medicinal, just, just to cure pain. It's, it's more than that. It's just to feel the emptiness. But if you are filled with the Father in your spirit, you don't need it. No, we heard many stories of people who are drug addicts. You know, they're drug addicts not because they just wake up to want to be an addict. It's just because they need to fill their empty soul with the drugs, with the alcohol, with the pornography, or all kinds of vices in their life. They needed something to fill their soul, and there's no solution. Definitely not from the religious people. So they need to fill their soul with something. And so what happened? They, they need substitute, and they go after those substitutes. But we heard many stories, not all of them, many stories we heard is that when, as, as soon as they have an encounter with God, literally overnight, those desires disappear. They don't need those things anymore. Why? Because their spirit is filled. When their spirit is filled, they don't have those needs anymore. That's the power of your spirit and what God can do in your spirit. 
you know that your craving of food has to do with the Spirit too. Do you remember the time when Jesus fed the 5,000 men? In total, probably 15 to 20,000 with kids and, and wives together, you know. Jesus, at the end of the day, said they need to eat. But if you pay attention to the Bible, nobody asked for food. Not one person. Not one person say, I'm hungry. Sure, they probably have lunch like the little child that gave that, that, that two fish and five loaves of bread. But you know, nobody was paying attention to their lunch. I heard stories of revival in the old days that people would stay in church hours and days and they would just have one meal and sometimes they would just fast. You know, I tell you this, the right way of fasting is really having an encounter with God. A lot of the worldly or religious fasting is just pure torturing yourself. I'm not saying not to fast, but when you want to fast, fast in a God way. People say, you know, Moses fast for 40 days. Well, honey, do you know that how Moses could last for 40 days? He was face to face with God. When you're face to face with God, you forget about your hunger. Why? Because your spirit is occupied and full. So your hunger has a lot to do with your spirit. Some of you are probably sitting there and say, oh, that's a good way to lose weight. Maybe. Look at me. You know, I'm just joking. You know, the Bible says that all issues of life, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, flows from your spirit. The literal word is from the heart, but, you know, if you, the heart and spirit is very interchangeable in the Bible. Everything comes up your the spirit. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, when God pronounced all the curses, you know, we're not under those anymore. We're redeemed from those. But when those God pronounced curses, you know, uh, of, of sickness, disease, and poverty, all of them come spiritually first. Is that if they're not spiritually right before God, they will experience all the different things from bondage. You know, they say we don't have bondage anymore. We're not in captivity. Oh, many of the kids are. They're in bondage. Many of the men and even women are in bondage of one kind or another. Bondage financially. You know, they say that um, um, the inflation just went at 3% this quarter. 3% is very high. And so they went around and interviewed people this week. And people were saying, oh, you know, I don't know what to do. You know, the gas price is going up, and, and TTC is going up, and my salary is not going up. And so, what do they do? They keep borrowing money. They feel, they feel out of control. It's just, it's, just, it's just poverty. Poverty is a spiritual issue. You know, we learn in this church about spiritual finance. You take care of that spiritually, you would never, ever have to worry about your boss, your whatever. You, you will be so free because if you live supernatural, it means you would live in the spirit. God will translate that financial needs in the spirit world to cause you to live under blessing, not under curse. The Word of God says that we're redeemed from the curse of the law, and yet most Christians are still under all, feel like they're under the curse. They don't understand how to, how to, how to live in that, uh, uh, that, that, that grace of God that gives them uh, uh, provision and, and, and wealth. Anyways, no. so if you're looking for answer of who you are, why you are on earth, the purpose of your existence, I hope that by giving you some antidotal examples that you are convinced that everything is from the spirit. You solve the spiritual, you solve everything. You take care of the spiritual, you take care of everything. 
You don't need to live in struggling month to month anymore, paycheck to paycheck. Many people struggle from paycheck to paycheck. You know, the interest is going to go up. The mortgage is going to go up. Many people are fearful that they cannot meet their obligations. But you don't have to live in that fear because God has a solution for you. If you would just understand everything starts from the Spirit. If you are looking for answers to the many troubles in life or purpose in life, solve the spiritual, then you will solve everything. I would, suppose, I would propose to you that the condition of humanity, not just physically, but socially, morally, and emotionally, and intellectually, they are very much dependent on the spiritual well-being. Specifically, watch this, how you and I are connected to God. So if you agree with that, you probably ask the question, so where do I go from here? Do I join a church, join a religion? That's a deception. Joining church is not going to do anything for you. Being part of a religious organization is not going to do anything for you. I mean, it would do you good in the social senses that you have buddies and friends, you know. But if that's all it is, I mean, you are experiencing much less than what God has to offer The way that to go into the spirit world to, to solve the problem, to get the answer is, number one, you need to recognize that you are first a spirit. If I were to ask you a question today, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Do you know what people would say mostly about their career, their vocation? You know, you have an introduction, right? Oh, my name is uh, so-and-so, and what's your name? My name is blah, 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 and, and uh, tell me about, about yourself. Well, you know, I'm the vice president of blah, 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 and I do this for a living. They identify themselves with what they do. Now, some people identify themselves with the education they have. Some people identify themselves with the money they have. Some people identify with them, themselves with the class of society they are part of. Their skin color, their religion actually. If you ask a lot of people, you know, Catholics, uh, Protestants, Jews, Muslims, many of them would tie their identity to their religion. How do you define yourself? See, since, ever since you grew up, you have been taught to define yourself based on whatever that I just said. So the people who focus their career, by the time the career is finished, they lose themselves. The people who focus on their kids, by the time the kids leave home, they are all confused. They focus on religion and, and religious organization. And if and the religious organization is found to be having uh, disappointment, moral failures, all of a sudden they have a faith crisis and an identity crisis. So if you base your identity on all that, then you haven't known who you are. But I want to tell you this morning, that's another way to figure out who you are. It is not what you do. It's not the religious system you're part of. It's your spirit. My friends, you are a spirit that possess a soul and live in the body. Did you get that? You are a spirit 
that possess a soul. And we're going to talk about the soul and the body, how it interacts with the spirit, how, how you align that to make your life absolutely fulfill, give you wisdom and the edge and the passion that cause you to advance far more than other people. But you need to know where your spirit is. Most people think the spirit is just the emotion. The Bible in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, you don't have to turn to it, it speaks about the whole being is spirit, soul, and body. And Paul the Apostle says that the peace of God will sanctify you wholly. And then he explained that means your spirit, your soul, and your body. Most of us just know about our body. Some of us know a little bit about soul, but a lot of people haven't got a clue what the last part is. But friends, you are the most, your, your, is your spirit. That spirit is what brings life. That spirit is how God works through your life. That spirit is how God works in your life. He's not working, you know, when you're born again, you, you ask Jesus to forgive your sin, and, and you're not any cleaner physically. You still have the memories. So a lot of people kind of get convinced by the devil that they did nothing happen. Something happened. It's in your spirit. It is your spirit. That is who you are. One day when your body given up, you know, you live, you know, whatever, you know, you, you work hard, you work, you know, work out and ex exercise, eat right, and hopefully you live to 100 years. And if you do live out un up to 100 years and your body basically say, I, you know, I'm done, your spirit is still around. Some people suggest that our spirit is the same as our soul. You know, spirit and soul did the same thing. Well, if it's the same thing, then you can't separate them. But in the Word of God in Hebrew tells us that you can actually separate your spirit and soul in Hebrew chapter 4. The Word of God actually can separate your soul and your spirit. Many people are confused, including Christians. You know, they go into a church service having an emotional experience. And they thought, it's, oh, it's my spirit. It's fine to have an emotional experience, but it's not the spirit. Don't confuse your emotional experience with the spirit. Your spirit may have influenced the emotion, but that's not your spirit. That's your soul. I would suggest this. The reason why most of us, especially if you are not a born-again believers, cannot locate your spirit is because your spirit is dormant. In the, Bi in the Bible vernacular is that your spirit is dead. Now let me take a few steps back and just kind of explain to you what I mean. We talk about the spiritual world. After the creation of the physical world, the Word of God tells us, before the rebellion of man to sin, the Word of God tells us that the world we live in or the world that Adam and Eve lived in that was just created by God, the physical world is a perfect reflection of heaven. It was a perfect reflection of heaven. And not only that, man was a perfect reflection of God. And man was made in the spirit to rule. Most men and women are not ruling today. 
they are out of control. They can't even control their income. They can't even control their livelihood. And their lifestyle is always at the mercy of the banks, the government, or somebody. They are out of control. And that's why men are frustrated. I did a study on a, a, a sociological, a psychological, not study, I read an article is that many men who had been bullied or, or not able to succeed or being, being, being bullied around at workplace, these are the men tend to be very abusive at home. The reason is because they've been kicked around at, at, at workplace and so now they're very frustrated. They need, to, they need to feel like they're in control. And they're going about in a very wrong way. And they hurt people. And they become abusive. A lot of, if you, if you, have, if you are very uh, influential in your workplace, and you, you tend to get your wife run the house at home because you're absolutely secure in being in charge, reigning and ruling. Because you are meant to reign and rule. You're meant to reign in this life. You're meant to be in control. But men fell apart. So they lost that image. Everything fell apart. Not only when men fell from the grace from, from God, they, they, they were disconnected. You know, the word of God says that man was declared dead, but they didn't die physically. They just they were just declared dead as far as God, God was concerned, because death is not the termination of existence. Did you realize that? Death is not a termination of existence. Death is a termination of communication in the said environment. So men used to be able to communicate in the spirit world and the physical world. Specifically to God and to the physical world. But when God declared them dead, which means because of sin, they no longer have access to God. So they cannot communicate with God. Similarly, when you die in the physical realm, it's not like you stop living. It's just you no longer have the capacity to communicate in the physical world. You can talk to people even if you want to, to the physical world. So death, by its purest definition, is a cessation of communication to your set surrounding, whether it's spiritual or physical. But Adam and Eve, they were being pronounced to be dead. Because God said, you can no longer communicate with me. And because of that, the spirit is no longer connected to God, and so they are dormant. But the good news is this. The day that man fell, God announced a grandiose plan to restore man and restore the world. Do you know that it is the perfect will of God for you and I to live in a perfect world with the image of God being reflected on us. How do I know that? Well, you know, the Bible tells us that, you know, when we pray, Jesus, when he, uh, when he, uh, when he teach the disciple how to pray. Do you remember the, the Lord's Prayer? How many of you know the Lord's Prayer? Right, everybody knows you. The Catholics should know the Lord's Prayer. If you're Catholic, you're Protestant, any, anybody should know the Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches, how, did he, how, did, how are we supposed to pray? We're supposed to declare that let your will be done on earth... As it is in heaven. What God wants us to declare is that His will, whatever that is done in heaven, 
it's going to be reflected on, on earth exactly. And it is the ultimate plan of God that the world becomes so, so restored, it's like heaven. And furthermore, the Word of God says that when God sent Jesus to come and die on the cross for us, His intention is, number one, to resurrect our spirit so we can now communicate with God. But second is that we can be like God. Hebrew chapter 1 verse 3 says that we, Jesus is the perfect imprint, perfect representation of God. In fact, Jesus was being asked by Philip one time, show us the Father, and Jesus was so frustrated with Philip. He said, Philip, what's wrong with you? I've been with you so long. Don't you know that if anybody has seen me, they've seen the Father? Jesus is the perfect representation. So we know that. But you know, in 1 John chapter 4 and 16 and 17 tells us that if we abide in Jesus, not in religion, not in church, but Jesus, we have a connection in our spirit to Christ. We shall be as He is. We become as He is. Many believers are not even living that. Do you know that it is the intention of God that you reflect perfectly Jesus that is, you have the authority and the power, power to reign and rule in life, not with your works, not with your academic success, not with your money, but with the grace of God, only the grace of God, the grace of God that caused you to be absolutely perfect in the eyes of God and be like Him. We are to become as He is. So, the steps to answer questions in life is number one, Recognize that you are spirit. Number two is that your spirit is dormant and cut off from God. And now God has sent his son to resurrect that spirit. So how it is that we resurrect the spirit? How do you resurrect your spirit? You know, some people just don't know, like I say, just don't know what the spirit is. They don't even know what that is. Just John chapter 3, verse 3 tells us that Jesus says that we have to be born again. And that's the, how these words came about. Jesus said, truly I say to you, and said, truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, the realm of God. Verse 5, you can skip to verse 5. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, being baptized, and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 tells us this. God, being rich in his mercy, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. Because of the great love with which he loved us, verse 5, even when you were dead, we were dead in our trespasses, while you in sin made us alive. Everybody say alive. Come on, come on, everybody participate. Alive. God had made you to be alive with his grace. By grace, you are saved. Made us alive together with Christ because by grace, you have been saved. So what am I saying? Your spirit, if it's dormant today, you need to ask God to resurrect that. 
I got a lot of other things to talk about, but I'm going to close because all the kids are getting ready to perform. Let me summarize by saying this. All of us are meant to live in the kingdom of God, even in this dark world, in the kingdom of God, in the realm of God, with us perfectly reflecting who God is and what He is. If you, if, you, if you have a lot of questions in your life, you don't know the meaning of life, you need to make sure that your spirit is resurrected. And we're going to talk about how it is that you can connect your spirit to God's spirit next week. Resurrected spirit so that you can know why you live. You can find questions. You know, the King David was the greatest king in the Bible. He had written this, this Psalms about how he was so confused at one time. And then he came into the presence of God. In that presence, all questions were answered. All solutions were given. Friends, do you have that resurrected spirit? If you don't, and it's a very simple process. I know many of you come, you know, some of you come maybe for one program or another, maybe for the barbecue, for whatever. But I do know that you didn't come by accident. It was purpose from eternity. It was planned by God from eternity that you sit here this morning. So I'm going to ask everybody to close your eyes and bow your heads. I want to give you an opportunity. If you haven't had the opportunity to make a decision today to allow God to resurrect your dormant spirit, being born again, being included into the kingdom of God, and begin the journey to understand who you are, begin the journey to answer the life's questions. Because when you are able to answer life questions, you are able to know the meaning and therefore you can now commit passion to whatever that you are born to be. And that's how you can change your world. Influence beyond your wildest dream of imagination. It's when you know who you are in the spirit. This morning, God wants to resurrect your dormant spirit. Whether you are Buddhist, Muslim, Catholics, whatever religion, if religious affiliation you're part of, God wants to resurrect that so that you can be connected with Him again. Eyes closed, heads bowed. If you say, Pastor Paul, I, I do want to experience that being born again. What does that mean? You receive Jesus with the word of prayer. And you believe in your heart. That's how you start the process. You're not joining a church. You're not joining a religion. You don't even have to be part of this church. We like you to be part of this church to help you in your journey. But you can go to any church you want. But the most important step is not joining church or being part of any program. Those are useless and lifeless 
unless you're first being born again, then they will have meaning. You say, Pastor Paul, I, I want to receive this regeneration of the Spirit, being born of the Spirit today. Nobody look around. I just want you to. Give, I just want to give you the opportunity to, you know, to say, Pastor, I want to. I want. I just want. I just want that regeneration. And what I'm going to ask you to do is, by the time, by, by, by the time, by, by the time I finish the count of three, you raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. And after you raise your hand, then we will pray with you together, and and ask God. To now do His work of regeneration in your life, being born again, born of the Spirit, under the grace of God, have this new life, find the meaning of life. No longer you wake up in the morning finding it a drag to just go to work. But that life will be full of life and excitement. Some of you actually were Christians at one point, or you've allowed the things of the world just to choke that spirit. But you want to renew your your commitment with God. God, just take away all those stuff in my life that had just deafened my spirit. I can't hear you anymore. I can't sense your presence anymore. I've forgotten what it is like to have your joy. You too. I'm going to ask. By the time I finish the count of three, I want you to raise your hand quickly. Maybe there are one, two, or a few people here. You say, Pastor Paul, would you pray for me? We'll pray for you. We're not going to embarrass you. We're going to pray for you. You say, Why do I need to lift my hands up? You know, the Bible says that if you confess me before men, I will I will recognize you before the Father. Do you know why that is important, especially while you're on earth? Is that he would make intercession for you? He will recognize you and and confess you before the Father, acknowledge you before the Father. So that's a step you have to take. That, you know, I I need to be born again. So I'm going to count to three. If you, the individual, want to receive this gift of God to be born again through grace, just slip your hands up, and we'll pray for you. One, two, three. We got one, two. Keep your hands up. Three, four, five, six, seven. Wow, eight. Anybody upstairs? Wow, that's good. All right, let's all stand. Let's all stand. Today is an amazing day. Everybody stand. Today is an amazing day. We're going to say a word of prayer. After the word of prayer, we're going to proceed with the performance. But at the end of the performance, when you all go out to the barbecue, I want to invite you to go to our visitor table. Just let the people know. Pastor Marlies is going to be there. She's a pastoral care pastor, so she's doing all the caring. <laughs> so Pastor Marlies is going to be at the table, and there is a special gift for us to give you. No obligation. You take it. It's just tell you how you can take the next steps. What you need to do between you and God. And but we're going to say a simple prayer, and something is going to happen when we do. 
Now, if you're already Christians, you raise your hand because you just, you just want to hear God again. You just want to be renewed again. This prayer is also for you. And the Word of God says that if we say our prayer in faith, not through zeal or, or, or your, your labor or money or your work, that's, that's religion. Spirit to spirit is that you accept His grace. Accept what He had done for you on the cross and confess that He is your God and believe in your heart that He is, then you will be born again. You say, is it that simple? That's how the spiritual world works. It's not through works. It's through faith. Just to believe. Next week, we're going to talk about how you can, you know, a lot of people, they, they struggle a lot to make ends meet. Feel like all the money they make just disappear. Somebody would just pick their pocket and it would disappear. The bank takes some. The utility company takes some. By the time they finish, it's all empty. The purpose and the will of God is that it's not like you work hard and somebody take your money. It's that you don't labor. You take somebody else's labor. You take the fruit of somebody else's labor. His plan for you is that you enter into other people's labor and reap the benefits of that labor. Quite the opposite. And we're going to talk about that next week. But first, for those who have received Christ, we're going to pray together. I'm going to ask the whole congregation to pray together. If you raise your hand, I just want you to pray sincerely. Just between you and God. Nobody's going to bother you, right? Just, just pray sincerely. So everybody pray together. Then nobody knows, right? But you just confess before the Lord, okay? Let's go. Heavenly Father, I come before you wanting to receive what has been offered that is being born again in the spirit to resurrect my dormant spirit that I may alive again in Christ Jesus I know it is not my works it is not my money or any of my own effort that I am saved that I am born again but only your grace so I'm leaning on that I come as I am I know you love me so much that you will not let me stay as I am I want to believe I want to confess that Jesus is my Lord. And from today onwards, I receive His Holy Spirit to bring this regeneration of my spirit miraculously. I believe, even though it doesn't make sense, I still believe I receive His grace in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray, now this is for those who are already Christian, you raise your hand, that you will remove all the gunks, all the things of life that had layered upon my spirit to the point that I don't even know where my spirit is, that I have lost sensitivity to your presence. I ask you to now, with your blood, 
remove them out of my life completely that my spirit oh may sense your presence again come and renew me right now in Jesus name I pray and everybody says amen amen come on let's give praise to God let's give praise to God now listen if you pray that prayer I congratulate you because you got it you say I don't feel it oh, it's coming it's coming you're going to feel it you're going to experience the amazing grace of God and His presence Amen. Hallelujah.